This is the Best Friends Podcast, dedicated to sharing the people and programs that are ending the killing of cats and dogs in America's animal shelters. You'll hear from animal welfare leaders from across the movement who will share the innovative and collaborative work that are creating life-saving successes in communities of all sizes. This is the Best Friends Podcast. My name is John Dunn. Today is May the 20th of 2021, and it is still very much kitten season across the country. And today's episode is a look at how one community's animal shelter is enlisting the help of trapped, passionate volunteers to help keep cats and kittens out of the shelter, but still make sure the public and cats are kept safe, healthy, and happy. It's Kitten Connection or Kitten Response Team. I like Kitten Response Team better because I really wanted to do like this Ghostbuster, um, like, who are you going to call? The kitten response team. But <laughs> That's Heather Wright. She's one of the volunteers. She's also a co-lead of the team. Now, this episode came about because a few weeks ago, our guest was Jace Huggins. Jace is the chief of animal services at the Front Street Animal Shelter in Sacramento. He talked about how they've been implementing some new approaches. We talked about how his officers have been connecting residents with information regarding the COVID vaccines. That was back on episode 59. So after the interview, Jace and I were emailing back and forth. I'm asking him for his bio and photo, put up on the website which you can see, bestfriends.org slash podcast. And he responded and said, dang it, I forgot to mention this amazing team of volunteers we pulled together as part of a new volunteer field response team. You really should hear about the work they're doing to help kittens in the community. They're the ones who are responding to calls that come in related to kittens. We've empowered them to make decisions in the field, whether that be to just leave them and go back and trap or bring the cats in, take them immediately to the vet, whatever it might be. So of course I was like, Jace, kittens, volunteers, helping the community, saving lives, empowerment, education, say no more. That's all I need to hear. Hook me up. So he put me in touch with two of the volunteers that are part of this effort, co-leads Heather Wright and Denise Bell. Heather is the first voice you will hear. Yeah, so animal control doesn't have the time to like kind of go and assess like the situations with kittens. They kind of just grab them and bring them in. We try and go out and see if there's a mom around. If there's a mom, we try and trap her and uh, get her spayed and neutered. And we kind of have more time to like go out and hang out in the... Um... <laughs> Sorry, there's a kitten coming. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I totally get it. Uh, so Denise, tell me about the program. I, I'm honestly not sure how many communities have something like this. Uh, surely you're not the first, but it is still quite unique. I think the way that we have it set up, it is very, very unique. Our dispatch is 311. So that's like a general city line. If you have trash that needs to be picked up, non-emergency police things, and so 311 then routes the call and we're all on a group text message, the, the whole group of volunteers that are doing this. And it's just for cats. We don't go out on dog calls. We don't go out on, you So know. if you see a dog running on the sidewalk yes. or on the freeway. Yes, I did <laughs> corral a dog on the freeway the other day because I didn't want to see it get hit. So <laughs> did do that. But yeah, we don't go out on any other calls. So let's say I live in Sacramento. So I would be a fellow Sacramentan, Sacramentoan, one of those two probably. So I call 311 <laughs> and I say, I have kittens in my yard or I see kittens that need help or I think they need help. So my expectation at that point is someone in a truck with a city logo and a uniform, they show up and you're obviously not that. I mean, is that a surprise to them? Do they know 
what the kitten action team is and that's who's going to be responding? So they do tell them that when they call, they say that they'll be sending someone from the kitten response team or they will give the information to a kitten response team member and then work to contact the concerned party. And if there's nobody who's able to go like within an hour, then animal control responds back. So the public is aware that not that animal control is not going to be the ones coming out necessarily. So what has the response been then from the public? Oh, they're yeah, excited. They're, yeah. And especially when we're trapping moms, like they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. Because we're not going to have kittens again this year. Like when I was on the call last night, the lady's like, I've had 25 kittens in my backyard. And I've called every time. Like I was like, well, next time call through on one and we'll set up traps. And she's like, yeah, I've asked for trapping help, but people will just tell me like, oh, this is how you do it. Like you have to take the cats, transport it. But what we do is we will bring them traps, ask them to like watch them and then we'll pick up and transport them. If I'm working a 40 hour job, like I don't have time to take this cat, pick it up, take it to the shelter, get it fixed and find vouchers for everything. Like that's just a lot to put on a community member. Yeah, so it's if we can get them to at least monitor the traps and let us know when something's in there, then we can go back. And a lot of people have been, you know, they feed the cats in their backyard. And so the traps are safe in the backyard for overnight trapping if we need to. And, you know, they have been very, very responsive to us coming out. And I think they're very appreciative of the information and the help that we can give them. And then you can judge to like one of the first calls I went out, I knew the people weren't, they just were very anxious about the kittens. The lady was almost a little afraid of the kittens. She just wasn't a cat person. So she didn't know what to do. So I did not even approach the subject of, can you hang on to these kittens until they're, you know, five weeks old so that we can put them in a foster home. I mean, that was, I just knew by the conversation I'd been having with her that that was not what was going to happen. So I just went ahead and took them. Um, I did keep her address and I told her I would be back to kind of look for the mom to see about trapping her so they didn't have more kittens born in their yard. Have you been busy? Oh gosh, sometimes. Well, <laughs> so sometimes we get up to four calls a day, but we're not the only ones that go out on those calls. There's other volunteers in our, in our group that you know, depending on if they have the ability to go, if they live closer to where the call came in from, that they will go out. So April 1st, we had the bulk of our calls were starting then. And it has been like nonstop. We have at least like three or four calls a day. Some of them have more cats there that will need to plan a bigger trapping event there. We still have moms and babies and fosters also that we have you know, recovered from the field as well. I have a mom and six babies from one of the calls that I went on where they said there there was no mom. And when I got there, she was nursing <laughs> all six of the kittens. So anyway, I was able to use the kittens as bait to trap her. And uh, now I'm fostering her and the six kittens for about another week or so. So listen, Heather, Denise, you're both out there, not as an animal services officer, but in many respects, you are serving in that capacity and you know you're out there doing work that officers have gone through training for training that you i'm assuming have not had is that a concern to you at all so john right now when i go out and i'm trapping at a colony 
I'm usually going out by myself and I'm interacting with people that, you know, I don't know. And some of the times they're in not so great neighborhoods. I think there's only been one project that I've ever gone out on that I did not feel safe. So, you know, they do encourage us that if we ever don't feel safe, let them know and they'll send animal control instead of us. Heather and I went on a call, uh, the gentleman called, he didn't have an address and it was later in the day. And so animal control was very, they weren't necessarily concerned, but they wanted to make sure that we did frequent check-ins with them because he wasn't providing an address. Well, he was at the light rail station, so there wasn't really an address. It was at the very end of the street where, you know, you would walk up to the light rail station. And so he had just been walking and they found these kittens in a bag and they called us or called 311. I love that because, you know, the more I think about it, what you have now is actually miles safer than what you've been doing. Now you have a relationship with the animal services department and they can be there for you. Like, you know, that you were saying that they were asking you to call and check in with them. I mean, that's something a lot of trappers would probably really like to have. I know you were both already out there trapping cats left and right. How has this changed that? Are you trapping more? Are you trapping less? It has changed the trapping aspect some. I think more for the, for the benefit though, because we are able to go out and get those moms. And, you know, so therefore, because a lot of times, like we were saying, they'll report no mom, but when we get out there, there is a mom. And those would have been kittens that somebody would have gathered up and brought to the shelter and then seen the mom, but not known what to do as far as, you know, trapping her or even knowing that in a few weeks, she's going to go into heat again and have another litter of kittens. So, I think with the with the ability of us to be able to go out and do that and also provide education to the community that we are are responding to, I think it's beneficial. And I can't say that it's increased my amount of trapping because I do quite a bit <laughs> of quite a bit of trapping. Between Heather and I last week we brought in like twenty one cats, I think, to get fixed. Man, that's amazing. That's a that's a lot. So I know this is still new for both the public and the shelter and the volunteers, but what has the response been from the rescue side, the other trappers that you know? Are they into this as well? We did already have one person um, leave the group because the text messages were just a little too much for them. But we also have three more that want to join. Um... And I've had other trappers who, you know, I've shared this information with, and maybe they are volunteers at other shelters like SPCA or we have gotcha. our county county animal shelter also. And so a few of the trappers have been very excited about that. And, and one of them that does volunteer at our county animal shelter is going to go back to the animal control people and see if this would be something that they could do. I mean, the county of Sacramento is so vast that they would need quite a few um, <laughs> volunteers. But even if it can take some of the load off of 311 or animal control, then animal control can do other things that they need to be more involved in, you know, more of the, you know, the animal abuse calls. That way they can focus on those things when, yeah, the kittens are important, but they're not as important, at least in their world, you know, in our yeah. world, they're very important and yeah. they're top priority. <laughs> so for others, maybe they hear this, they're wondering, 
you know, is this something they should do in their community? What do you have to say to them? No, I just think that the, I mean, if the shelters feel like they have the ability to do that, it's worth exploring and trying, you know, you don't know unless you try. And if it doesn't work out for your community or your shelter, then, you know, you don't have to continue on with it, but it sure seems to be beneficial for our shelter. So what's happening where you live? Email podcast at bestfriends.org. Tell us about the awesome programs you have that are saving cats and kittens. Again, podcast at bestfriends.org. The producers, Tawny Hammond, Amy Charlton, Bethany Hines, and Mark Peralta. My name is John Dunn, and this is the Best Friends Podcast.